Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from home. Home once again. But an exciting RV adventure is about to take place because we're in the process of buying a new RV. And we're going from the fifth wheel to a Class A diesel pusher, we hope. If things all come together because we're planning to buy used, which we will talk about uh, in some detail at some point here. But for first, we want to once again thank you all for your emails. Many of the emails that I get are interesting because you're experiencing problems with the download. And <laughs> I wish I was sitting in front of your computer because I probably could solve the problems, but it's really quite difficult to solve uh, from a distance. As most of you know, I'm a Mac user, so it's even more difficult for me to solve problems on Windows machines. But I do try to make the podcast just as standardized as possible. They're MP3 files, which can be downloaded directly. They can be downloaded uh, from a button click off of our website. And I've tried to put them on as many of the podcasting websites as I can find. For instance, Podcast Alley. They're listed there for you to download. Uh, for those of you who use iTunes, I've had some some readers, some some readers. What do I mean, readers? Some listeners <laughs> who are. Uh, uh, it doesn't show up in the iTunes uh, list, and I have no explanation for that because uh, from my end of the of the process, I do it always the same, and there are three computers that I check on to see if the download is available in in iTunes, and it is. And some people download it from iTunes, right? Yes, I have over 200 people who download it from iTunes. So just some people are so having some, trouble. And, so if you want to, I, I, I want you to be able to listen to it, to the podcast, and I want you to, I want to help you, but please. And we want it to be convenient. Yes, of course, and that's exactly what this podcast is about. I have uh, been dealing with technology for many years. This is a new technology, and writing RSS feeds and and connecting to iTunes is something that's a little foreign to me, and your comments have helped me uh, in solving problems. So um, I think together we can probably solve the problems that uh, occur. So Keep emailing and don't get frustrated and give up. Comments from the co-pilot, but I do get frustrated, but uh, it's certainly not because of anything that uh, the listeners do. We do appreciate your emails, and uh, we seem to have reached kind of a critical mass here, and the downloads are increasing every month, and so uh, I'm probably going to have to pay more money to put this podcast up as as time goes down the road, but of course that's wonderful. And in that same vein, um, this week we have a shout-out. I mean, this month, uh, the shout-out is from Bob, and he's one of our loyal listeners, and we do appreciate the shout-out, and we'll let you listen to it now. Greetings, Ken and Martha. This is Bob Angel from the Japan Considered Podcast. I discovered the RV Navigator Podcast last week and just had to give you a shout. What a terrific program. I've downloaded all the episodes available on iTunes and have begun from number one. You've given us a great source of information here. As a fellow podcaster, I know how much effort it takes to produce these programs. You folks do a terrific technical job, and on the road at that. 
I've tried recording a few of my own weekly programs from our little tin house, as we call it, a hard-sided pop-up A-liner. The results have been decidedly mixed. You'll have to share your audio production recipe, especially the one you use on the road. One comment about your content. I'm the greenest of green RV owners, with serious learning and doing disabilities when it comes to anything mechanical. But you folks are able to explain things, so it makes sense even to the technologically challenged. You manage to provide broadly useful information that I can imagine all RVers would be pleased to have. If you ever become curious about Japan's domestic politics or conduct of international relations, tune into my Japan Considered podcast on iTunes, or download sound files and or full transcripts at www.japanconsidered.com. In the meantime, thanks for all your efforts and happy RVing. Keep them coming. Well, thanks a lot, Bob. We we uh, appreciate your listening and uh, your comments, and certainly the plug for your podcast is appropriate, too. And he has a beautiful voice. He does, indeed. And he's uh, sitting in some sort of a studio rather than... The in kind his of... RV or in his basement. Ooh. Well, he said he's a novice RVer, so... He's learning from our mistakes, I hope. (laughs) Another email that I've had is from Jane, and she was kind enough to share with me a picture of her Scotty. What a cutie. What a cutie. Uh, We're talking about the Scotty. Uh, We don't know Jane, but uh, certainly her emails have been friendly, and she sent us a picture of her Scotty, which is a a, a very interesting little RV, and uh, she apparently uses it on a regular basis. Which is nice. It's nice to see people using all types of RVs. Uh, and, of course, all of you have been to our website and have seen our RV. And although that picture may change in the not-too-distant future, we would like to see your RVs and what you're camping in and maybe a couple of comments. So this gave me the idea that I would try to collect pictures of our listeners' RVs. And, and put them up on the web? And put them up on our website. Oh, that'd be cool. Yes, indeed. And so I'm now soliciting and asking our listeners to please uh, send us Pictures, just a picture of your RV. Is there anything they have to do to their picture to make it usable for you? it would be nice if it was fairly small in size, like 100K. Like you would send on an email. Like you would send it. They're going to send it to me, presumably, to an email. And, of course, the email address is navigator at rvnavigator.com. And you all know the website is www.rvnavigator.com. That cute little uh, Scotty trailer makes me want to put in a plug for the RV Museum in Elkhart, Indiana. Um, If you know Elkhart, Indiana, it's the mecca of uh, RV production, and we have spent some long, long days there getting things fixed and buying things, and we stumbled across this little museum there that has RVs from, I would say, the turn of the century, and uh, some of them are fascinating to look at especially the old ones and it's fun to see how the technology has changed over the years and the things that we think we have to have in our rv and cooking um how that's changed so uh, if you're ever in the elkhart area give that a look and maybe the scotty should be part of that uh, collection <laughs> it's about that old <laughs> it's nice to see old rigs on the road still and uh she has some interesting stories to tell us about how they, the rig came to her. Anyway, uh, so that's uh, a, a request that we have of all of our listeners. Send us those photos. Send us those photos. Not of you. We don't care about you. We just want your RV. Or you, well, could they be picture. standing in front of their RV? Oh, okay. You are? Yes, I know. Okay. Well, 
take standing people. The next topic I thought I would mention is something that I found very fascinating from the Michelin Tire People. They have uh, two very good videos on the web for you to listen to, and I'm not going to even bother to tell you the link right now So I'm going because it's just too long, so I'm going to just include it on our uh, monthly webpage on the show notes. But please listen, watch it and listen, because the video is for any type of RV, but what it talks about is what to do in case of a tire blowout. The gist of it is that based on research done by Michelin Tires and on physics of tire blowouts, never apply your brake. Which is the first thing that I would want to do. Exactly. Of course, we're not talking about not slowing down, but they said the worst thing that you can do is to apply your brake. As a matter of fact, the best thing that you can do is accelerate slightly. Now, I know you're sitting back there yelling at your iPod. (laughs) You're saying, that can't possibly be true. And, of course, that's my reaction. But watch the video and see for yourself. They have the physics aligned, and they have tests that they show you right there on the screen. And it is Michelin tires, so I'm assuming that it is a legitimate sort of description. But... Everybody's going to run across a blowout at some point, and we would just as soon not see you uh, dead. So this will possibly help you in the future and certainly open my eyes to what you do. Ooh, this also makes me think about we, we just came home from South Carolina, and uh, one of our driving days we were on an interstate. And once on our side of the expressway and once on the other side of the expressway, we saw RVs tipped over. And I don't know if they had blowouts or not, but the RVs were probably totaled, and the vehicles that were pulling them were not in good shape either. And we should mention that it wasn't really just RVs. They were both TTs, Regular traveler trailers. And and being a person who has totaled one herself, this brought back bad memories. And when Ken is talking about physics, one thing that we didn't think about very much when we were pulling a travel trailer is uh, its wheelbase and the wheelbase of our tow vehicle and... I think what happened to us is that the trailer took over and tipped me over while I was driving. So uh, we want you all to be safe out there, not just with uh, tire blowouts, but also as you are selecting the vehicles that you are driving. So that's something else to keep in mind, uh, the stability of the rig, even if there is no blowout. Yes, and travel trailers are notorious for that sway, and I think we've all seen travel trailers that which were either about to have an accident or did have an accident. But this just shocked us. Uh, we were driving, I don't know, 300 miles total, and in that 300 miles we saw two overturned trailers. It was a nice day. It a nice wasn't day, windy. exactly. The road exactly. was fine. Yeah, no rain, and in one case, the traffic was it was completely shut down the interstate, and the traffic was backed up for at least five miles behind it. Fortunately, we were on the other side, rubbernecking. So, but it, it was sad to see. Be very cautious, and and especially with a travel trailer, you have to make sure that it's balanced, that there's enough weight on the hitch and not too much weight on the hitch, and you know if you have uh, full tanks, it makes a difference, and having this proper sway equipment is very critical and that's frankly one of the reasons why we switched to a fifth wheel is that uh, it's a much more stable rig and you just don't see fifth wheels tipped over like that so um, that's uh, a word from some experienced users and as 
Martha said we actually uh, tipped over our travel trailer and totaled our rig at one point. And also shut down the interstate on the yep, 4th of that July. Was us. And so we're especially sensitive to that type of issue. Okay, on to the propane gauge, which I so <laughs> I talked so uh, positively about last time. Um, so I've installed the propane gauges now, and I now find out that uh, I can't install two because there's not enough. The pigtail is not long enough on my second tank in order to put the pigtail on, and then I have not had really an opportunity to empty the tank because it's summertime and they don't run out very often. So do I need to cook more? Yes, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> which ain't going to happen. Yes, we need to use more propane. We need colder weather here in the summer. We're not complaining. I, I did put the, the gauge on it, and it does light up green, but it has not gotten down to red. I, I uh, So I can't give you a full report on it, but uh, it seems like a good idea. But as I think about it, with only three levels, I'm not sure, for each tank. Well, you decide. But it was cheap enough, and it was avail- it is available at Costco, so you could probably take it back if you don't like it. So I just wanted to get back to you about that. Um, and so we have been traveling a bit since uh, our last uh, report to you. And in this case, we were down in the southeastern part of the United States, so we were visiting some family, and we also went on a hop. We attended a NASCAR rally, and uh, we knew absolutely nothing about NASCAR. We know a lot more now. And we found attending a, um, this in a hop, a very smart way to do it for a, a number hop. of reasons. What is a hop? A hop, H-O-P in all caps, is, uh, is a rally head that's out head out program. That program was what that was what is, it was. An, is a rally that's sponsored by escapees. But of course, hop is just an acronym used by escapees for a rally, and many other organizations sponsor. Rallies and a rally is different than a caravan. You know that we've been on a caravan. It's different than a caravan because a hop stays stationary. And uh, caravan companies sometimes sponsor the hops, and they tend to be at things that only happen um, occasionally, like in Calgary. Once a year, they have the stampede. We went to one in Albuquerque when they have the annual balloon festival, hot air balloon festival. Uh, they have it in New Orleans for the Mardi Gras, uh, Rose Bowl parade. Rose Bowl. And, of course, the, the racetrack, they have one they're doing in New York City, which seems strange to mm-hmm. me. Several mm-hmm. of the of our group were on their way to New York City. These are uh, very interesting because, especially if you're kind of a novice at the particular event. Oh, they or have, don't they know have, the area very well. Right, like the Kentucky Derby is another one that they had. And you don't know the events, and you don't know how to get tickets, and you don't want to mess around with that stuff. You just kind of rely on them to take care of all of the details. And you, you just show up. They have a, They get a nice RV park, and you're with uh, fellow RVers. From all over the country. All over the country. And we were there for five nights. And the great thing about this was is that they know where to buy the tickets. They got great tickets for us for the uh, NASCAR ra- rally. For the races. For the races. We were camped, uh, dry camped as part of the official camping from the racetrack, but uh, a couple hundred yards from the racetrack, which, of course, is the most convenient of all possible locations. And I don't know if we would know how to do that. And the same thing happened in Albuquerque. We were camped across the, the street from the staging and, area, and the <laughs> balloons came over the campground and almost landed on our rig. It which was so when fun. You, which, when you look at the RV Navigator uh, logo, you'll see that picture with the hot air balloons, and that's where that was taken, because that 
is not a fake picture. That's real. Those are the balloons that were floating right over us. And although there were certainly a lot of other people camped at NASCAR, uh, we were glad that we were in the location that they selected for us because we were close, but not too close so that we could go to sleep at night and not be uh, totally... Um, NASCAR out. <laughs> NASCAR out, yes, from the sound of the engines. And uh, one of the nights we were there, the race was rained out, and we stayed in the rig waiting for them to decide whether to cancel it or not. And when they did, we sat there for four hours watching TV and eating popcorn while all the people who had driven in, it took them all that time to get back out of the parking lot. And there we were, safe and comfortable. It was so convenient. And we really met a lot of lovely people from mm-hmm. all over the yes. country. Yes, we weren't, we weren't and that, just you know, with, uh, it's a very social type of event, which we which we appreciate also. Uh, RVing can be a little bit solitary sometimes, and here you have a chance to meet and greet. And you know they provide meals and uh, social activities. Plus, they took us on a on a full day field trip to one of the Hendrickson Hendrickson Motors. Where they built NASCAR cars. Where they built the NASCARs, cars. yeah, one of the, the winning companies. I know you're yelling and screaming. If you're a NASCAR you know a fan, you're telling us that. <laughs> but and I remember at the hot air balloon rally, you know, the balloons went up in the morning, and then they had an activity at dusk. Uh, but the rest of the day, you had nothing to do. And so on the rally, they took us sightseeing, and we saw all the, the best things that there were to do in Albuquerque. But they so. brought in a balloon pilot, and we were able to talk to them and ask them questions about uh, so you know, you the learn cost a lot. of balloons. Yeah. And, and we found this one in particular, because it's escapees, I guess, which is basically a nonprofit organization, we found this one to be very reasonably priced. Um, five nights was about $650. Now, that may seem like a lot, but the RV parking pass that we got was $100. No matter yeah. how many nights you were there. Right. Um, well, All for right. an open and field, we went you know. To, uh, which, Taste of Darlington, which was, which was 30, excellent food. Excellent, right. All that you could eat and drink, uh, gourmet stuff. So that was sixty dollars. So that's one hundred and sixty. And then we have, we went to the races. And three the ra- races. Three races, and they. One well, was, we only had to pay. See, one was ninety-five. One was, was uh, sixty-five. Oh, really? And then the the Thursday night one was cheaper yet. Okay, so. So that took up a lot of the money right there. And we had a catered meal in our campground. And the, and the bus tour. So we felt very much that we got our money's worth out of this trip. Um, and, of course, that's something you always have to weigh. And, 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 of course, they took care of all the planning. You know, we just uh, signed up for it, paid the money, and arrived, and then things happened. And if you're going to an event that you're not familiar with, then this is a good way. And, and you know, it's a good way to learn about it, and then you can go back and do it again if you want to. Certainly, if we were going back to the balloon rally, we would do it ourselves. Because we know how. Because we know how, exactly. And that's uh, part of what this is, is a learning experience. And uh, you either go with somebody who knows already, or you have to um, go back and uh, do it on your own. Or, or make mistakes. Or do it with or make Yeah, and we like to be as efficient as possible. And these are nice events, anyway. So you, there are all sorts of ones that you can go to, of course. The big companies like Tracks and Adventure and Fantasy. Good Sam does them. Good Sam does them. I noticed that even um, the President's Club for uh, Camping, Camping World? World does it. And, of course, Escapees, and I assume that most of you are members of Escapees, so you probably get the hop stuff, too. They're expanding out into cruises and all sorts of other things. Any sort of travel activity. European travel adventures. Yeah, but not necessarily dealing with RVs. But it's nice to be with RVers. We have a unique outlook on life yes, that I do. rather like. And a common experience. So, As I said, uh, we're, we were in the, are in the process of buying a new RV. We've decided to take the leap into the 
venue of Class A motorhomes. <laughs> and, of course, um, one of our problems is to coming up with enough cash to actually buy one, and we decided to buy used. And I think that uh, that's been a good decision, although it means a lot more work on our part because you have to really shop around in order to find ones. And evaluate and, the and, and, after right, you And you can't just pick and choose, you know, which options you want and then order it because you're going to have to take what's on the, on the vehicle. And one of the things that you find when you're looking for older vehicles is the technology is a bit outdated. <laughs> and so I wanted to talk for a few minutes about few minutes about updating your old technology and you're not really looking at very old vehicles we're no, looking I'm, at 2003 yeah. to 2006 right. i would say right and of course the the thing that's going to be changing big time in the near future is tvs i like a big tv and i we does he ever we've liked uh some of the coaches that we've seen we've of course looked at lots of new ones too and the the 42 inch plasma or the 42 inch lcd that sits uh, in mid coach in the wall is is just a very stunning sort of hardware to have in your in your coach and because they're so thin they really can put them in a lot of different places which i think is a good thing one of the things that i like about our fifth wheel is that the tv is in a place that is opposite our sitting area so we sit facing the tv yes. And in most of the Class A's where we've been, the TV is over the driving area, and you have to sit sideways in order to watch TV, which seems like a stupid placement to me, but then who am I? Yes, and, of course, the other problem is is that when you walk into the RV and the Class A, you come in. Bonk your head. Right. Um, now, the gas Class A's, you, you come into it in the middle, so that that's not quite as much of a problem, but the diesel pushers, you come into it to the front. And if it's got a big TV, old big TVs are very deep. And so they needed a huge cabinet, and we've bonked our heads several times on older technology. <laughs> the cabinets require for older technology. It's almost certain that we're going to buy one like that. And so how do you go about updating it? <laughs> I'll give you a full Stay report tuned. later. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. But one of the things I'm thinking about is just taking out the old TV and, 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 and putting a flat screen uh, in the middle or... In the space? In that space, and I think putting it on an arm so that it will extend out and back. And we've also seen a couple that I think would take a flat panel someplace mid-coach. They have like a curio cabinet area or right. a mirrored area or a shelf with storage, something like that. And so, I th- and because uh, as of February of 2009, you're going to have to have a new TV in these rigs anyway. Or a conversion box. Yeah, or a conversion box, which I'm not sure. Well, that'll be interesting to see how that works. But you understand that analog TV is going away. Therefore, all of these TVs are going to be obsolete. Perhaps if you use cable or satellite, you'll be okay. But uh, certainly over the air, it's going to be a bit of a problem. And a lot of us still use the uh, the Batwing antennas, and which pick up uh, digital just fine. So those little twirly antennas on your roof are going to be obsolete too then? No, as a matter of fact, they won't be because they pick up the new signals just fine. And this is, I've watched a number of threads on some of the RV uh, message board websites. There's a lot of confusion about that. But most of the channels for new high definition are in the standard UHF bands so that they will be, they can be received fine by the Batwing antenna. So you don't have to replace your $50 antenna. You have to replace your $300 TV. Oh, good. <laughs> hmm. Lobbying campaign in order to get new TVs. Oh, I'm beating well before I start. And get big ones. Uh, so I'm planning on putting um, a new TV that will fit on the outside, but on an arm that goes on the inside of the old cabinet. 
So that's going to be we'll interesting. We'll see how that goes. Ken has many talents, but carpentry is not one of them. Well, I'm not going to do any carpentry. And then I'm going to put the the components for the satellite receiver and stuff into the cabinet where the TV used to be because it is a nice deep cabinet. And uh, it just isn't uh, big enough. You know, they have 27-inch screens, and these days that's really teeny. Plus they're not uh, rectangular, which is also a problem because the the 4 by 3 TV ratio is just not uh, the standard for high definition. High definition is almost always 16 by 9, which is that rectangular format that you're probably seen in the stores. Many of the new, new RVs don't have that, have the, the new TVs. And then one of the reasons why we're buying a used one also is is because of the new uh, diesel fuel standards. All new RVs with all new diesel engines that use diesel have to ha- use this new ultra-low sulfur, which is uh, part of the reason why Diesel has gone up dramatically in price, although at the moment it's somewhat less than than regular. But uh, the engines that use it are much more expensive. And so if you buy an engine that was manufactured after January of 2007, it will have to use this new low-sulfur fuel, which means that it will be substantially more expensive. So one of our thinkings is, is that we'll save a little bit of money by buying a used one. And then aren't you also afraid it will cause us problems if we go back to Mexico or even into Canada? Right, and we know from uh, our experiences very recently that there's no ultra-low sulfur fuel in Mexico, so that precludes us from driving there. And I think it would be like using leaded gas in an unleaded engine. You know, it just is not very smart. You could do it, but then you'd pay for it later. Yeah, you'd blow out the... Pollution control, pollution control systems, right. So we're considering all of these factors, and uh, we'll have some pictures next time, hopefully. Or we will not have pictures if we don't find anything good used. The used market is a very interesting market. Volatile. And volatile, and you can drive a long way to see nothing, and you can see drive next door and see exactly what you're looking for. So who knows exactly what you find. But if you have a nice Class A for sale, let us know. <laughs> Also, I'm thinking about, uh, as I install these new TVs in the rig, I'm also thinking about using the TV as a computer monitor. And this may seem like a strange idea, too, but one of the things that we've always had is a a desktop computer in addition to our laptops. And that seems a bit frivolous at the moment, especially being that some of the older ones don't have much, older rigs don't have much accommodation for, for desktop computers. Neither did ours. Neither did ours, but we. But took we care. no longer have a couch. <laughs> we no longer have a couch. So, if you'd like a fifth wheel that doesn't have a couch, contact us. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still have a couch. We just don't have it in the fifth wheel. Well, if you'd rather have a TV than a couch, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, a computer. So, uh, one of the things that's happened around here is is that I've hooked up a computer. Uh, let's see, what am I going to call it? A media center computer to our main house TV set. And Which is as wide as I am tall. Yeah, it's a 60-inch, but that's at home. The computer, though, is very nicely displayed on that TV. It works beautifully. And when we look at our pictures on that computer screen, it's, it's as if we were there once again. And that's uh, one of the advantages of having a high-definition TV is that um, you have lots more pixels than the old TV, and the, the picture is not fuzzy even off your TV, off, off your computer. One of the things I'm thinking about doing is using this new TV that I install in the RV and using it as a desktop computer monitor in addition to being a TV. And then where, where will the rest of the computer be? Hidden someplace. And that's what's nice is that with a wireless keyboard and mouse, 
you can put the computer any place you want to. It could be in the bedroom. It could be in the bedroom. It could be in any other the other cabinets that uh, are commonly available on these RVs, and you could then just use the wireless keyboard as uh, and display it right on that screen well, and have be nice cool. big pictures. So we'll be able to have a couch in our next rig. Good. I'm sure I'll find some technology that will replace the couch. <laughs> I bet you will. Either that or we'll make the couch electric so that it comes out at the push of a button. I haven't seen those yet. Just some ideas, and if you have some interesting ideas, please share them with us. And uh, once again, you know that the this is the RV Navigator, and our website is www.rvnavigator.com. And we would love to hear from you about these topics if you're interested. So uh, we're also going to talk today a little bit about uh, our experiences with uh, finding rigs uh, online at websites. And, you know, the web is just um, giving, gives you so much great information about everything. And, of course, buying RVs is, is uh, also part of that. And I'm going to put up a list of um, uh, uh, in the show notes of places that you can look for used RVs or new ones, uh, places where where they are listed um, in, it's nice, you can put it in price order, um, in model year order, or what, by what, company. What state it's in. What state it's in. Depending on how far you want to drive to look at it. And we have found this to be great as a comparison shopping tool and as a tool to find actual RVs that we can go visit. Now, I know one of the rigs that we stumbled upon, not through the computer, uh, the dealer told us they were also advertising it on eBay. Is eBay a good place to use for Well, I don't know. That's it. I have been shopping. I would be a little reluctant just to bid or click the Buy It Now button for $100,000. But <laughs> it certainly would be possible, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but we have we have looked extensively at eBay Motors. There are a lot of rigs for sale there, and uh, the the auctions are going on as we speak, and that is a You're viable option. You're buying a pig and a poke, though, aren't you? Well, I think I would want to look at it before I bought it, but... Uh, Maybe well, and thinking about that, that rig, it, it photographed beautifully, but we saw a lot of rust when we opened up the compartments and looked yes. underneath it, and you wouldn't know that on eBay. And that's maybe why it didn't have any bids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, uh, you know, caveat emptor here, so be careful. But uh, one of the sites that uh, I think is, is one that everybody uses, and that's uh, RV Trader, is a, a great website. And... Well, we wouldn't want you to miss the rvtravel.com website. Um, not only do they have connections to some of the the sites that sell RVs, but uh, this is a site which has been developed dramatically in the last uh, couple of years, and uh, I've been pretty impressed with it lately. Uh, they send you a, a weekly email with their newsletter, and that is just the beginning of it because they have not only news, but the latest thing are blogs. And they have tons of very nice RV blogs, which are people talking about uh, or sh- sharing with you some of their feelings about uh, about RVing and destinations and places that they've been. And usually they're topically oriented in this case. Um, they have one's a military RVing, the digital RVer, RV shortstops, women RVers. RVs in the news, casino, RV camping, fifth wheeling, RVing in Mexico, um, RV videos, which is pretty funny because they have crazy things that people do with their RVs, boondocking, which is always a comment that lots of, generates lots of interest, RVing in Alaska, full-time RVer, RV freebies, which we always like, 
bird watching on the RV road, RVing in Canada. So, you know, they have a ton of topics which you can learn about uh, various aspects of RVing. Now, these are not forums, but although you can respond to the to the entries, but you know what a blog is is a like a diary or has entries that somebody types in and um, comes up with a topic and shares this topic with the the, the readers. Well, I keep a blog. Yep. And it's a travel journal in my case, where I keep track of what we saw and how we felt about it. And my blog started because I got tired of emailing people when we were on the road for a long time. And I was writing the same email over and over again. And I thought, why don't I just put it on the web? And when friends and families think of us and miss us and want to see where we are and what we're doing, they can just go on the web and look it up. And the blog that I am using I like very much because it allows me to put up pictures and videos and it has a mapping feature because often we go to places that uh, friends and family who don't travel as much as we do say, where on earth is that? And so they can look at the map and see exactly where they are. And Ken has even put in a link to our satellite dish so when we when he's got that active, uh, people can look on the map and see exactly where we are. Right, and so that's one very nice uh, tool that uh, that bloggers use, and you know it gives you an idea of of places that you might like to go. And it, but it's it's like a diary entry. Now, the second kind of website that you find are called forums, and what this is is our people sharing with people, but nobody really um, taking the lead. So that uh, as I click on the forums from the RV traveler, and of course I'll put the links to these up there. You see things like uh, frugal RVing. Full-time RVing, um, RVing with children, RVing with pets, RV safety, the uh, RV kitchen, so you can share your um, recipes. Um, if you all feel things like Canadian, uh, and then they have specific ones like Class A motorhomes, Class B, Class C, both conversions. And this is a fairly typical list of forums that uh, any website would have. And if you have questions, either specifically about your coach or about uh, RVing in general. Or how to do things. Or how to do things. I remember I've, you replaced our thermostat exactly. after you learned how on a forum. Exactly. We've done all sorts of things where I always consult the forums just to see what people are, are talking about. And it has a very nice, all of them have a very nice search feature. Now, of course... This is not the only website with forums um, because if you go to any of the magazines like Trailer Life or Motorhome Magazine, you will also find forums, and you'll find forums on the Camping World website. And another very nice website, if you're thinking about beginning to be a full-timer, is... RV Dreams. RV Howard Dream. Linda's. We in- right. interviewed them this winter. You right. might have heard it. Uh, that's rv-dreams.com. And that's Howard and Linda's site that where they have lots of information about uh, gathering uh, yourself together to be a full-timer. Oh, and I might also mention they're planning a rally, their first rally ever. So you might want to look at their site for that, too. Yes, if you heard that interview, you might like to visit that. And, uh, and that's going to be in Branson. We'll give them a plug. Okay, so that's uh, there are two, ty- that's two types of information that you find. And then if you go to rv.net... So it's RVNet, but RV.net, you'll find another huge site. (laughs) You know, there's just so much information available on the web that it's really hard to pick it out. And so we're going to spend some time in the future talking about other websites. But RV.net has, uh, once again, great forums that are very active. Um, When I look at... uh, at, at topics today, you'll see there are just hundreds of, of posts 
uh, every day. And the, I'm, the one I'm looking at here is uh, camping conversions, and there are 56,000 posts. The next one down, Class A motorhomes, 136,000 posts. That sounds overwhelming. Yes, it is. But remember, use the search, because if you're looking for something specific, you will then be able to find it by doing looking at the search. Like this person asks, how long a motorhome should I get? You know, good Sam questions. Should I buy a surge protector? Uh, recommending, can someone recommend a roadside assistance plan? And, you know, they're just, you put out the questions and people will write their answers. Now, of course, this is not definitively, positively uh, verified information because it's everybody's uh, just advice. It's their opinions. It's their opinions. And, and different people have different points of view on these questions. But in the Class A motorhome section, for instance, there have been there are 35 pages of posts, each one in itself being multiple pages, in the last 14 days. So, in terms of information, this is just a terrific website and lots of good information. But as I said, it's unverified. And then they also have uh, um, articles, and they also have something we found very useful. And one of the biggest of the RV sales sections, where you can search for. RVs that are for sale, either new or used. And these sites really uh, house all this information and make it uh, accessible for you so that you can search through and find the perfect motorhome for you, as long as you have the dollar. Or solve the problems that you have in your imperfect motorhome. Yes, exactly. So that's a very uh, brief overview of some of the websites, but uh, it'll have to do for now because we're kind of running out of time at the moment. So we invite you to communicate with us, either by voicemail. Or send those pictures of you, yourself and your RV. Actually, not by voicemail, but by email. But if you'd like to send us a shout-out, we would be glad to uh, put it on one of our future podcasts. So for now, we hope that we'll see you at a campground near you. But this is Ken, the RV Navigator, signing off. And Martha, the co-pilot, wishing you happy travels. Thanks for listening. 